another episode of the Travel Our World podcast. It's me, your host Martin. Damien can't be here, I'm afraid. He's had to uh, go away and see some family, but we forgive him for that. But sadly, this is the last podcast of season one. Yes, we started this amazing journey all the way back in March of this year of 2021. And here we are now, November, the end of the year. But we're taking a well-deserved break and we will be going away and planning for season two. So if you're enjoying the Travel Our World podcast, do not fear. We will be back for some more fun and some more chats with people that work in this amazing industry. So what's on this podcast, the last pod? Well, we welcome back a couple of our favourite guests and we talk to them about how things have changed for them over the last few months, how their job roles may have changed or how the industry has changed within their own particular industry within the travel world. And we find out their thoughts and their ideas for 2022 and see how it's going to pan out. So sit back, relax, and here we go with the last episode of this, the Travel Our World podcast. So welcome to our final guests of the last pod of this season one entitled The Last Pod. And I have great pleasure inviting on two guests, and actually will be three eventually, who've been on the pod before, Mr. Owen Reese Menendez and Mr. Simon McKenzie. How are you doing, gents? Very well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming on. Obviously, Owen, um, you've been on quite a few pods now. I think this is number four. Uh, You get to five, you get a free T-shirt. Um, so look out for that one. And Simon, this is your second one. So it's worth noting out that Owen's been on the very first one, the um, when we had the long conversation about um, the travel world. You've been on the, uh, which other pod of you in? The cruise pod, which was yes. really, really fun. And then you've been on, I can't remember now the, the names of the pods. You've been on quite a few, to be honest. It feels like you're part of the furniture now in the, the Travel Our World podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was on the on the first one, the round table, wasn't it? The first one. Now that counted as two, literally, because it was a it was a double pod, wasn't it? We we we'd recorded so much. And Simon, you joined us for the golf pod because, as people remember, you work for a very large hotel chain, and yeah, you're there, European and African and Middle East. I'm uh, is it Middle East um, golf uh, director essentially. You look after their golf program. Yeah, yeah, Europe, Europe and Northern Africa, basically. Europe and so, Northern Africa. Yeah. Fabulous. Morocco, Fabulous. Morocco, and, um, Morocco and Tunisia in, in the Fabulous. back. But it, it probably would be a few more countries if we had if there were more golf courses in those areas like um like Montenegro. We've got loads of hotels there. And I keep saying yeah. to the boss, find one with a with a golf course nearby, but I think Montenegro has only got one golf course. Or, or well, Tom, if, you, if you're listening from the Montenegro Tourist Board, build some more golf courses. Mr. McKenzie <laughs> wants some more. It's supposed to be a lovely country to travel to. Never been, but looking forward to going one day. Um, and there will be a third guest, um, everyone. Um, Andy Cox, a.k.a. Jesus, will be joining us at some point. It's worth noting it's the end of summer season in Ibiza for him, and he is enjoying a well-deserved break. I think it's the end of season party. Um, so he said he will call in. So if you uh, whilst we're we get a look, whilst we're recording this, if he just pops up, then we'll we'll, we'll say hello. So in this podcast, um, unfortunately, Damo can't be with us as uh, I mentioned in the intro. He has family over, um, which is fair enough. He hasn't seen him, he hasn't seen his family for a long time, so we forgive him for that. 
Um, but we won't forget. We'll have to make him do a double pod at some point in the future. So what I wanted to do, guys, I just wanted to bring you on this pod, the very last one of this of season one, and find out how things are since we last had you on. So, Simon, coming to you first, as the golf market and as someone like myself who actually works in the golf market as well, I've seen uh, an increase in demand for golf holidays. But how have things been for you um, where you're based in Spain, for your company and for your, your area? Because if I remember the last time we spoke, you said that things were picking up. But it was mainly the European market that was keeping things afloat, the French and the Belgians and the Scandinavian people. Yeah, very good. I uh, can't complain. It's actually been um, above above the sales figures from compared to 2019. So actually, this, this podcast, by pure chance, coincides with, with my um, report on the numbers. I actually looked at the numbers compared to September, October this year compared to September, October 2019. And pretty much every destination is double. Uh, in terms of production so and I'm talking I'm looking at Mallorca I'm looking at Tenerife I'm looking at here I'm looking at Portugal and everywhere it's, it's just double <laughs> it's a really it's strong really strong autumn so I can't complain that side um, in terms of markets it's, it's a real mixture which is very good it's very healthy not to have all your eggs in one basket uh, mm-hmm. in any destination you want to yeah. you want to be able to um, move from market to market or have all markets because Every market behaves differently. They all travel at uh, slightly different periods of the year. So uh, uh, the Irish for us so were, were, the, were the big starters for, for particularly this region in Spain and here in Cadiz. So they kicked off the season really strong in September uh, and, then, uh, and then followed by all the, um, well, the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever, the, the Swedish, the Danish, the, the Finnish, they've all come down and, and uh, the UK market's been particularly strong in the Canary Islands for, for mm. us. So, but it's, it's been a nice, healthy balance uh, everywhere. The only, the only market that's really uh, region that's struggled has been the Morocco market. Um, uh, and Tunisia is still a long way behind anyway, even, with, even without a pandemic. But Morocco, obviously, with the latest... Uh, restrictions between was it England, Denmark? Uh, sorry, England, Germany, and Holland. They kind mm. of blocked the flight coming in. So yeah, they um, they put this on on their red list, which is understandable. I was talking to a friend in in uh, in Morocco, and and it's understandable a country like Morocco that's still fighting the, the 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 virus and is catching up with the rest of the world, and their vaccination program is is well underway. But obviously, you know, I hate the, to coin the phrase a third nation or a poor a poorer nation. It's not. It's not a. It's a developing nation, but they're they're very well advanced compared to some of their neighbours. You can understand why with the rising cases in the UK and Germany and the Netherlands to want to stop that flow of UK holidaymakers, which is a real shame because now is the time to travel to Morocco. As you and I both know, Simon, we've been there quite a few times. Owen, you've been over there as well. Mm. Uh, It's a great place to travel, but that will come back. And I was talking to a friend in the Tunisian Tourist Board recently, and um, they're really excited about the future. And obviously, you've got a lot of hotels over there um, that I know of, and um, it will start to come back. The Winter Sun program is in full effect. And we were talking on the on episode nine with Glenn Norris on um, the Family Holidays pod um, and about the um, as, a, as a hotel entertainer based in Gran Canaria, how this would be the Scandinavian season. Obviously, the British holiday season normally non-COVID time would shut down now mm. and it would be a, a slow winter winter sun program, very minimal after a busy summer. But you're right. You can see the Scandinavians now turning up in floods and droves ready to play golf. Um 
But um, when you were saying about Tenerife, I've seen a multitude of bookings go through uh, the company I work for, for Tenerife. In fact, it's nigh on impossible to get a green fee um, on a golf course in Tenerife up until at least the middle of December. Um, it's really, really struggle. But it's great for business. The number of golf courses there as well, aren't you? You are. You are. I mean, there's quite a, there's quite a, a, a number of golf courses to play, but they're all seem to be full. But that's great. I mean, if we had this conversation six months ago, we would be going, oh, you know, there's nothing out there. So, you know, yeah. I think everything's going the right direction. Now, Owen, someone in corporate travel, you've obviously been at the forefront of business travel, something that Simon and I would have done. We probably wouldn't have been at uh, IGTM um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, obviously, two years ago, Simon, we were in in, uh, in Morocco there. Obviously, it was in Wales this year. Um, business travel, how's it looking? Are, are, is it still being slowed down by the virtual world? Are people still sticking behind their screens or are the businessmen and women of the world desperate to get out and travel? Um, There's definitely been a huge um, resurgence in travel, business travel in the last, I would say the last sort of three to five months. It's picked up quite a lot. Um, there's obvious things. Um, the travel restrictions have obviously improved. The vaccine, um, sorry, the testing requirements have improved a lot. So that's more accessible for people. And that was always a really big barrier. People would say, well, if it was going to cost me, a hundred or more pounds in PCR testing or whatever else, you know, if it's not really an essential part of my business, I'll just virtual meet this client or do whatever. Um, but we're, I would say we're back up to about 40, 45% of pre-COVID travel patterns. Um, some industries are traveling a lot more than others and some have been traveling a lot even through the pandemic. But we are start now seeing a huge, huge upturn um, as things have eased and companies are they're all coming out of the woodwork. They're all having those conversations and they're now planning for 2022. So whether they're doing much this side of Christmas, some are, some aren't. There's real big plans for, you know, big, big programs for January, February onwards. Definitely. Right. Simon, as someone who travels a lot, um, have you been put off by, you know, moving around Europe or the UK? Or is it something you're doing at the moment or are you leaving that until next year? Uh, the game plan is pretty much to try and leave leave things for next year. Uh, I haven't travelled. I didn't go to the IGTM this year, um, not because of fear of travelling, but but because I wasn't bought by the um, by the the list of people attending it. I kind of felt mm. it was a bit weak and it was one sided to the UK market. Um, timing timing wise wasn't ideal with this what feels like an excessively busy autumn that we have in September, October. I just could not afford to be away from, from the desk for a whole week. It was just the wrong timing this year uh, to do that, and especially with with other members of our team mm. not in full working hours or not being recovered back from, from furlough. So it just wasn't appropriate this year to do traveling. But next year, I've made my planning, my schedule. I've, I've, sent, it to, uh, uh, I've sent it to my boss to have a look at. And now it's more of a question of budget. So yeah. the, the intention, the desire there is to travel, to get back to traveling. Now it's a question of budget. Fair enough. I suppose mm-hmm. that's what's been squeezed quite hard, Owen, then with all the businesses that you work with. It's all budgetary and, you know, 
I mean, I, I am a business traveller per se in my old role, um, but my company would book me the cheapest flight um, on EasyJet or British Airways. But I can imagine a lot of business travellers, are they looking at business class a bit more to give them a bit more space? Um, something I've, I've I've spoken to people about recently, they quite happy to upgrade to business class just because of COVID and keeping away from certain, you know, keeping giving themselves more room if they want in, in the cabin away from other people. Yeah, I think there's a big thing about um, sort of I probably mentioned this on a previous pod, but traveller well-being, sort of duty of care for your employees, you know, being COVID compliant and, and making sure everyone's safe. But what, what I've really noticed is the amount of companies and travel bookers within companies that really need support because of all the res- the new restrictions or changes worldwide you know us obviously from the 8th is, is is open for brits and the eu travelers to go over and it's just a mindful of minefield of information for people so they are needing to speak to an expert who's going to help them with that so there is a there is a balance there is a, an element of uh, cost controlling but equally at the same time if it's going to improve their their business improve traveler well-being uh, you know whole number of things then it's, it's certainly you know it's a balancing act what's the um, what's 2022 looking like for corporate travel at this moment in time uh, i'd say positive um i mean talking from a broader industry sense in terms of resurgence, I'd say, and I'm sure Simon would agree, that the signs are looking good already now, and the the appetite is starting to ramp up even further. And like I said a moment ago, people are making those plans now for 2022. Now things are a bit more stable. Um, obviously, you know, in corporate travel and leisure travel, obviously two different things, but I think, you know, people do need to get away, for whether it mm. be for work or for pleasure. And I just think, you know, we're desperate to get back to normal, aren't we? So, you know, if we can make that happen, that's that, you know, people want a positive year ahead. I think business and pleasure, you know. Yeah. Simon, your thoughts on that? Is it exactly the same, the positive thoughts thinking through next year? I mean, how how is your business planning now for 2022? I'd say uh, one thing I've noticed is that, I mean, in particular for this region of Spain, um, there's definitely demand, demand out there and there's definitely in, the inquiries. But one thing that the market, our tourist destination is suffering from is the, the flight connections haven't all come back yet. Mm. So although there's a demand, the flights aren't there or it's not mm. as easy to, to do connections. Um, so there, there's still a way to recover on that side of thing on the accessibility. But for sure, the demand is out there. and the bookings are coming in. I've probably seen maybe a little bit of hesitancy in in spring, winter, spring 22 bookings, whereby maybe people are kind of wondering, hmm, what's going to happen over Christmas? Our case is going to go through the roof over, de- over December. Maybe I'll just have to wait till post uh, December, uh, sort of into January, just to see what the situation is like before I buy my flight. Yeah. So, the big groups, they're blocking well in advance, but maybe they're not buying the flights. Yes. Uh, they're blocking the rooms and the tea times because that's what they can get first or the schedules for flights not out yet. But yeah. I have seen a little bit of hesitancy in, in certain areas. Fantastic. I mean, we were just thinking that. I have to uh, excuse as we're recording. There's some noise in the background, and that's because Andy has finally joined us from Ibiza and he's crashing around his apartment. Let's all say hello to Andy. Evening all, how are we doing? Good evening, Andy. Hi, Andy. So, 
Lovely to see you too, my friends. We are already recording, so we're already through, but we said that you would be joining us mid-course because you are calling us again from where you live in Ibiza. You've had a a, a, a tough summer, it's just far to say, but there have been some closing parties and you did pre-warn me that you're coming back from an end-of-season work party. Is that the truth? Oh, it's absolutely the truth. I've had a wonderful day. We're down in the place with your manager and the boss we're with were wonderfully kind enough to provide us the alcohol. So it's a very good day. Um, yeah, it, it's been a very, very interesting season. Fantastic. Well, actually, we'll, we'll come to that. So I've been asking Owen and um, obviously about corporate travel and Simon, who you've not met. Obviously, Simon, this is this is Andy. Simon is lives in Cadiz, um, Cadiz um, area and works for a large hotel chain. And Andy lives in Ibiza. Tell us about your summer, Andy. How's how's it been in the end? Because obviously, when we first spoke to you way back in uh, in April, when we when we got in the first uh, the first pod, it was pretty going to be a pretty tough summer, and it'd been a pretty tough year for yourself and your partner, Katie. How have things been now? Um, in a nutshell, it's been way better than anyone expected. Um, no one saw this summer was going to be the way it was. If I'm honest. Um, but equally, it's been a very different summer. Um, in Ibiza, we used to basically capturing all markets. Um, the market we've had this year has predominantly been very high end, and which has been absolutely fantastic. I mean, where I'm working right now is a high end agriturismo. So we've, we've made good money. I think we've been mm. fully booked from about May till, I'd say about two weeks ago, we we're completely fully booked. But the, the lower end of the market, and I say it with no disrespect because I used to be part of it, but the um, the more accessible market has been lacking in the beef of this year. Yeah, I, I remember what you saying when you when we when we bought you on the pod, um, the hotel you work for is obviously have been quite full with Europeans that were able to travel, not the UK market. Have you seen a return for UK travellers into that hotel? Um, no. Actually, no. actually I'll, I'll be straight up honest with you. The UK market has not made an impact at all. Um, we used to be, I actually looked through the statistics last week, we used to be about 40% UK. Um, this year we've dropped to about 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been about 30, 35% French, 25% Belgium, and the rest have been a mix between Austrian, uh, German, and Spanish. Fantastic. So the, the, the big shock this year in the Balearics have been the French. The French have yeah. been the most dominant force in the Balearics this year. Well, I mean, okay. when, when you... Yeah, I mean, this is what Simon touched on um, way back when he joined us on the golf pod, that the market was being, you know, um, kept up by by the Europeans and the French in particular and the Germans, the Swiss, the Austrians, those that could travel. And obviously with the UK ban, you know, it made it less accessible in terms of Ibiza, Andy. How has it been without the clubs? Because obviously some have managed to reopen and do opening closing parties. Um, how's it been without them? And now that they've been open and closing again, how's that impact been? Have you seen a rise in number of people turning up on the island looking for a party? Um, truth be told, and um, you know, it's it's been a it's been a really um, what's the right word? It's been a really disjointed summer this year. Is uh, the parties have been happening this year? Let's be fair. If anyone's been anything about the Balearics, the parties have been happening, but it's all been illegal, mm-hmm. uh, which us personally didn't want to get involved with because. You know, we have to be careful. We're working for a business. We have a very small team. And if we got COVID, the business would be shut down. So we, we yeah. have to be super careful. But the illegal parties have been happening. They were, the the government official statistics were, there were 20 to 30 illegal parties happening every single night during the peak season. Wow. Um, and what can you say to that? I mean, yeah. this is from the police. 
So if the police are saying that, it's probably 40 to 50. Um, <laughs> and yes, the, the high-end clientele have been coming here and they've been having a great time. It's just the issue is, is that they've been coming here with the expectation of a party. Yeah. Um, we haven't been able to find it as a business, but other people have. And I do believe that if this carried on for a few years in the respects it's been occurring, the season would not happen. But people are still living on the, the vibe that it'd be for the party place to come, so they'll come yeah. and find a party as opposed to booking a party. Yeah. So I think people are living off the, the excitement that it'd be for was. Um, will it come back? Yeah, I absolutely believe it will. But th- this year's been a very convoluted year. Um, I think it's a nice way to put it. It's been a very confused People are not quite sure what offer they're getting, but the people who have been coming here have been coming here with money. So I know that you and I have spoken a lot recently and you posted something on Facebook, which was a really good read about um, the changes in the laws the changes in and how things are managed. There's a big issue between Ibiza and Mallorca. Obviously, Mallorca is the head of the Balearic Islands, et cetera, et cetera. How are things politically um, at this moment in Ibiza in terms of tourism? Because there is a seems to be a big shift of wanting to get rid of a lot of what you would call, and we'd all agree, probably the lower end market, the the normal holiday makers, the the youth market that turns up for two weeks and you know ends up on the West End day after day and hits the clubs. How's that? How's that being perceived and and prepared for next year with everything that's been going on in, and you read in the media? Well, do you know what? The truth of the matter is, it's a really confused situation. So in power in Spain and in power, especially in the Balearics, we have a very uh, left-wing government, um, which is not a bad thing. I'm very left-wing myself. However, though, they they seem to be aiming for the incredibly rich, exclusive tourists, Mm. which, as someone who's left-wing, makes absolutely no sense. So you want to be all-inclusive party, but then you're only aiming for the uber-rich. And the uber-rich, let's be fair, are very right wing and it it's as a, a very average layperson it's a very confusing situation to be in right now uh, the business that's been making the money this year is solely the business that are charging the exuberant prices um and hey i'm part of that right now which i'm not complaining about it's where i've made money from this year but it, it's really odd and they say they don't want the tourism of excess and they unfortunately mean by excess people with lower income. And I personally believe that's a really naive way to look at things because we want quality tourism wherever we are and a quality tourism should exist, but people have to start somewhere. Mm. And you can't start being a millionaire and come to Ibiza because that's what they're looking for. You know, you should be able to come here on a, a relatively affordable budget. And yeah, you know what? You might go down and have a few cheap beers and have a bit of fun, but you should be able to do that rather than being you're 200 pounds ahead and you get an hour and a half for a table, which mm. lots of places in the beef have been doing this year. Mm. And I think that in the short term, they'll make money. But I mean, look at South of France right now. I mean, there's been very few people down there right now. And that's the sole reason is that they're bored. The rich people are happy to go to a, an island or a, a city and make loads of money and enjoy themselves for two, three years. And then they get bored and move on. That's mm. the entire luxury tourism yeah. model. In my yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No. Simon, as uh, as someone whose uh, business um, has a lot of hotels in Ibiza and Mallorca, um, it's a very different strategy for you guys. Obviously, you know your hotel chain runs very good four and five star, very luxury hotels. 
I wouldn't imagine any of this really affects you at this moment in time. I mean, I know Mallorca has been quite popular since things have reopened, but you've been relying on the Europeans um, in particular. Is is that the case for you guys? I think Andy made some really good uh, points there about the type of tourism that they want to attract or the type of tourism that they don't want to attract and, and the tactics that they've employed um, to, to navigate that. Was because I don't know, in Andy, in, in Ibiza, if, have they done any passed any laws to stop all inclusive in certain areas well so the, the big law they dropped in is there's no all inclusives in the areas of excess which i kind of correct there's three of them which is magaluf san antonio which is where i live and the other one is Playa palma Arenal, yeah which is where the germans particularly go mm. so that's where we got is, is there are no all inclusives in san antonio yeah. So obviously, Simon, you said a lot of your hotels are in that area. So is that going to affect the, the business model? The player, the player, the Palmer area, we've got two five stars and two four stars there. Right. Uh, and the idea of, of clamping down on, on all inclusive, from what I understand, is to try and stop this mass drinking, over excessive drinking out on the streets, urinating on the streets, loud and noisy that sort of thing, disturbing the neighbors, disturbing the peace. And, but they just made like a blanket rule that none of the hotels, despite the type of clientele that we have, because our five stars don't attract that type of client, nor, nor do our four stars really attract that type of client. But they just done a blanket law like any accommodation, no all-inclusive. And all-inclusive is an integral part of Iberia stars, uh, of our company's um, um, DNA, let's say, for, our, for our, all of our destinations. I mean, if you wanted to clamp down in, in certain times, I think they're probably getting confused a little bit on where the problem lies. I mean, if you wanted to target it, target maybe July, August, mm. but don't but don't penalise or punish the golfers, the touristic golfer who is playing golf all day long and mm. then wants to come back to the hotel, have a nice dinner and a, and a gin and tonic and then go to bed. Why yeah. why You're absolutely right. And I tell you what, I've seen that with with Portugal, especially around the Algarve. Um, it is impossible to get a group of golfers. Not that they would travel during the summer holidays because obviously they're with their families and things change. But there are groups of golfers of a certain age, younger and older, who don't have kids or the kids are all grown up. And they always ring up and said, I want to go all inclusive with, with my mates for four or five days because I just want to play golf, come back and sit by the pool. And you can't find an all inclusive hotel anywhere on the Algarve. They won't sell that product because, as you say, they don't want the excess. They've got enough going on in their, you know, in their hotels. And I, I fully get that. But they'll keep it open throughout the cooler months, the spring and the autumn where they know they can pick up the business. And, and it just sounds like from someone who's lived in Ibiza, Andy, for not as long as you have, but for a very long time, it just feels like it's continuously being confused by the wrong people at the wrong time, trying to fix a problem that doesn't need fixing. Well, I mean, honestly, mate, you're, you're absolutely spot on. So they're getting really excited. So Caligracio, which is an area just on the outskirts of San Antonio, um, there's two hotels that have been renovated and both are becoming five stars. Um, one is called Oku, and they've done a wonderful renovation for an area which is basically occupied by squatters. So I'll give them credit for credit. It's mm. an amazing job. The next one's owned by a very big hotel group in Ibiza, and it's become it's part of the new TRS group. They are doing five-star all-inclusive with butler service. 
Right. And the Balearic government are basically saying this is the way forward. We need to have the five star tourists with the five star butler service, which is all inclusive. And my personal opinion is, is don't get me wrong. Of course, you need to have the five star. But the worst thing you can do to a five star is make it all inclusive. Surely mm. you want the rich people to go out and spend in resort. And just because they're not two star all inclusive doesn't make them spend more in a local area than a five star all inclusive. Mm. Is it non inclusive is all inclusive? Um, whether you're rich or poor, you're not going to go out the hotel. And I think this is the sad point of all of it is they seem to equate that a richer person who gives more money to the hotel is better than a poor person who gives money to the hotel. Perhaps a family that comes on a cheap holiday that has no package, they're going to spend more money going to a local bar or a restaurant or even to a supermarket. Yeah. And everyone seems to forget this fact is that yeah. a five star all inclusive is not better than a family in an apartment. Or mm. even a bunch of clubbers in an apartment. I mean, I'm not being rude, Martin, but you never know, hear myself. Like, we used to go out and we used to be slightly cheap in our younger days. And <laughs> we still used to go to a bar and a restaurant and spend a little bit of money. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Buy a bottle of wine or a bottle of, yeah. chug of sangria before we yeah. went to the club because we knew it was cheaper. But that's yeah. better than someone staying in their hotel for the entire week and not spending yeah. a penny outside. And I, I don't quite understand how they believe this is better than people who have a self-catering apartment, for example. Yeah. Owen, comment on this. I, I think you've got gonna, some things. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think there's confusion like in terms of all-inclusive for some is a convenience, you know, in terms of their finances and how they like to spend their holiday to relax. They don't want to have to carry cash around. They just want to be able to have a wristband and just go and do what they want and make it simple. Which That's is wonderful. Yeah, exactly. And that's sometimes a joy on, a, on, a, on an all-inclusive holiday. Yes, you're not going out to the local restaurants and, spend, and and helping the local economy, which is the downside, in my opinion. But I just want to touch on a point that you guys made about the um, sort of slightly left-wing government over in the Balearics. I, I was in Mallorca in September and a friend of mine owns a bar there. Um, he's South American. He owns a bar in, in, in Palma. Palmer Mallorca and he said the exact same thing which I don't need to repeat of that you've just said and he said they're just trying to push the tourists out they want the locals or they want the rich the rich Spanish tourists they don't want international tourists and I just couldn't get my head around it I really couldn't and we had a long conversation about it very similar to what we're doing now um so yeah I just yeah it's crazy I just think I don't know I just think you, you can't change the way people are you know if you're of a certain uh, personality or a certain upbringing or whatever it is it doesn't matter you will behave in a certain way with an all-inclusive mm. you know it depends on how you on how you are um i just yeah i just think it's a shame to tarnish everyone with the same brush which would be yeah say. absolutely right what i'd like to do is um bring the conversation towards a bit of a uh sort of we've kind of gone into it a bit more here but it's great to get your feedback Andy because obviously it's been a tough tough summer um and talking to you off air and 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 yourself and Katie is is I'm glad that you've got to the end of the summer that you've kept yourselves employed um and Ibiza has been somewhat if not very different but similar to to previous years regardless of not being able to go and hit the clubs but something I I think so you and I would think even you sent me a message I asked you about how much the tickets would be to go to some of the closing parties and he said well it depends on where you want to stand and what do you mean he said well one of the big hotel chains over there was selling beds for 2,000 euros and that's not even anywhere near the front of the um, of the near the DJ box it's right at the back of the venue you know it's like four people is that really been happening so I mean let's talk pre three-ish weeks ago 
So if you wanted to go and have um, what I would personally call a party, um, you had to go to one or two venues. And they're the two of the big ones. Um, the cheapest one was 200 euros ahead of minimum spend of a table of four. So 800 right. euros to walk in there. Wow. Um, the other one was, an, uh, in my opinion, a notorious venue, which I'm not a fan of. Um, however, it was two grand a table, the cheapest table. And at that table, you couldn't see the DJ. Um, they couldn't guarantee you service. And you had to spend it only on alcohol. And I was like, oh, that's not terrible. Between four people, two grand, if you have a bit of money to burn, you could get really drunk. Then I found out that a litre and a half of sangria was 500 euros. <laughs> um, which, let's be fair, is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yet, you know what? They were pretty busy. And I'm not going to blame Spain. I love Spain. But Ibiza's attitude has always been since I've been here. If you are suffering with a lack of income, if you've lost, let's say, 25%, you put your prices up by 25%. If you lose 50%, you put your prices up by 50%. And you keep putting your prices up until someone pays you what you want to get paid. And and that's always been the beef mentality. And unfortunately, this year, it's kind of been prevalent. But then where I've been working is, I'd say it's a very high-end place with a very mixed crowd, but it's been very high-end. I mean, the cheapest room at any point in the year is 280 a night so we're not talking cheap yeah. venues yeah we've been chatting to people and they've been coming from all over the world and i've actually had a few people come to me personally and said you know what we really like your beefer but we feel we've been ripped off and i'm struggling to tell them otherwise mm. um i want to say to them you know what you're wrong but you're actually not when they start quoting prices and we've been paid i mean it's a little bit silly, and mm. I really genuinely hope is that Ibiza has always come from the cheaper market for the party animals, and then yeah. the party animals become rich and bring back their family or their friends or other people that are interested, and that's how the economy grows. And the cycle the continues, the yeah. And yeah. it builds up. Exactly, and the base level has been, this year specifically, decimated. Mm. If you're not coming to Ibiza, uh, let's say a week's holiday, just in Ibiza, forget flights, forget COVID tests, forget everything else in between. The average spend, according to the Balear government, was 1,400. Wow. In okay. Ibiza, I think that's about two and a half grand, personally speaking. Yeah. So you're talking five grand before yeah. you're talking about flights and COVID tests. I mean, yeah. I, I love to travel, I love to explore the world. That's obscene. Yeah. You could go to something like Cadiz or Andalusia yeah. or even go, you could go golfing. I yeah. mean, that's what you two guys are specialising. You go golfing for less. Yeah. How is golfing been a cheaper sport than going somewhere and having a beer and a bite to eat? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it's actually been ridiculous this year to be fair. Well, let's, let's move on to 2022. So we were we wanted to, you know, this being the last part, let, let's uh, look about what next year is going to bring. Owen, how are things? Or we, we spoke about the business, but personally for yourself, how's 2022 shaping up uh, in terms of work and personal? You're going to be getting, obviously you went to Mallorca recently. Obviously you're looking to get away a bit more. 
Yeah, definitely. I think well, we've all been, well, majority of us have been starved a little bit of holidays mm. and, uh, you know, any work jollies if you're lucky enough to get one of those. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. I think we need to make some uh, some gains. So I'll, I'll be looking to get away a couple of times next year. Um, definitely sort of March, April, maybe Far East or somewhere with a bit of sun, a bit of late winter sun. And then um, boys holiday to Vegas in June. Can't wait. Um, and then um, something else with the wife. I'm not too sure where. And then we all have a little cheeky city break, don't we? Just to sort of fill yeah. those weekends. So, um, yeah, maybe one or two of those in the gaps. Anywhere in particular? Um, ooh, it's a difficult one. Uh, I mean, we, I was meant to be going to Vegas this weekend, see the Rolling Stones, but right, that, yeah. got, that got cancelled because unfortunately uh, Biden didn't put the restrictions until, like, until the 8th of November. So thanks for that, Joe Biden. Um, but yeah, apart from that, um, I love Thailand. So potentially yeah. go back to Thailand if we're doing Far East. Um, yeah. What about the city break though? Where about in the city? Where about a city you're looking to get to? uh potentially go back to rome i've, I've done yeah. rome before um i've never been to amsterdam with my wife so oh. uh, me, me and uh, anna we may may go to amsterdam and just you know let her hair down so to speak fabulous fabulous um so yeah we'll see I, i'm pretty open i've traveled quite extensively around europe so not not uh you know saying i've been everywhere because i haven't yeah. but uh, i'll have a think we, we loved palma mallorca just to bring that back into the conversation i think that's yeah. an amazing city i recommend that to absolutely anybody yeah. um who, who travels my um my mum and her partner they've just just been there on a cruise and they loved it you know walkable yeah. easy to get around not overly priced in my opinion it was okay so yeah uh, andy obviously uh, you guys I recommend you owen go on. yeah no go on um adrian ketglass so it's a mixture style restaurant he has a few and his one just off the river is simply the best food I've ever eaten in my life. My wife's chef. And their menu, I think we paid 45 euros a head for a Michelin-style lunch. Wow. It was unbelievable. So Adrian, Adrian Ketglass, it's amazing. You'll have to send me the details of that when we finish off, Andy. Yeah, we'll oh, send I'll send it to Martin. Martin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fabulous. There you go. Guys of them listening out, there's a place where you've got to go, Andy. We'll stick it on our Instagram page as well, Andy, so we can share it with uh, with, uh, with the pod listeners. Now, normally, Andy, this would be the time of year where you and your darling uh, fiance Katie, would decide where you're going for the winter, either for work or for travel. What's the plan this winter? Well... I'm going to try not to rant too hard uh, because this is a positive podcast. Um, <laughs> however, uh, politely saying, Brexit has been quite challenging for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are flying back day after tomorrow to the UK mm-hmm. and to get our visas. Right. Um, this has been a combined effort from, I don't exaggerate, seven people. So we've been talking to a team of seven people from June to try and organise our visas. And it's been, everyone's been working very hard. We finally got them. We have to go to our appointment and then we have to go there and hand our passports to the embassy. And then they hold our passports for up to two weeks. So we have to find accommodation for two weeks in London and then it will hopefully get approved and then we can go back to France. Um, It's a challenge. It's, 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 It's a real challenge. Uh, so the yeah so what you're saying is it, the alps are calling oh mate they would be regardless and being a spanish resident i'd probably have stuck across anyway for a quick snowboard 
dare yeah. I say it. Um, <laughs> however, of course they're calling and the company we're working for, again, are high-end company, so they are fortunately equipped to have the challenges yeah. to deal with staff, um, especially UK staff. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're hoping to get there. We're super excited for it, but it's normally we'd get a phone call within 48 hours. We'd be flying there and we'd have a contract in our hands. Yeah. It's taken six months. Fair enough. Well, those those things aside, you'll be in the snowy mountains this winter for for another season. You get any any chance to travel anywhere? You looking at any little breaks away with Katie somewhere, or you know, or are you going to put that to the to one side until next year? Um, in the nicest way possible. It's been very tough living in Spain the last two years, and we're at the stage need to recoup cash. So we are up for grafting, and it's going to be a hard grafting winter. And yeah, we, we, we hope we can get back to the level that were before COVID to just yeah. you know make ends meet. Yeah. What's your thoughts then for 2022? Um, very briefly about um, the islands, Andy. What what are you thinking? How are things looking from the people that you work with? What have they been saying? Are bookings up? Are people confident from your end? You're going to think 2022 some normality. I really hope so. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely really hope so. I mean, the whole COVID thing is obviously still a question mark for every part of every industry right now. However, though, it, you know, everyone's trying their best to get through it. So we believe in Ibiza personally that it's definitely going to be a better season than the last year. Um, there are certain parts which are really optimistic about next year. I think you know, they believe the urge to come back to the Balearic specifically is going to be bigger yeah. than ever. Um, I personally think it's going to be a good season. I don't think it's going to be as good as 2019, but I genuinely hope it's going to be a positive year. Fantastic. Well, that is great news here. Now, I would ask Simon, but Simon disappeared about 10 minutes ago. I know he, he looked like he was moving around his house and we haven't got him online. So I can't really um, um, I can't really say um, how his feelings are. But I would imagine he echoes what everyone is feeling and how we're feeling in the in the industry, the travel industry. From my side, you know, my phone hasn't stopped ringing. I'm putting more golfers on fairways than I have before. But then again, I'm quite new to the sales side. Um, I have noticed just by generally looking that jobs are available in the travel industry that, you know, slowly but surely the industry is coming back. I think, Owen, you were saying off air that in your business, yes, it's more internal, but people are coming back in and jobs are being created. Um, Andy, looks like um, things are moving forward in Ibiza as well, new ideas and, and stuff. So, gents, is that the general consensus? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I, I was going to mention earlier on, actually, the furlough scheme. I mean, it was, you know, quite controversial when it first started out people didn't really know quite an mm. optics take of take from it but when i've am now speaking to so many people that have been out of work well i say out of work on furlough sorry for 18 months yeah. but they've managed to keep our companies managed to keep them them on the books they've come back into the business absolutely desperate to get cracking get working you know and and, and help the the growth and recovery of the business mm. you know since the during the pandemic so yeah loads of loads of employees out there with lots of experience you know, and, you know, I, I feel that's going to help aid everybody, not just travel industry, you know, all industries They come back into their chosen job or their job. And, and then, you know, they lip, they're reviewing everything they do and they're reaching back out to their travel provider. They're reaching back out to whoever they work with normally. Mm. And that those those interpersonal relationships is going to start growing again. It's going to be really, really positive. Great. And some final thoughts. 
Well, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I completely agree with Owen. Like, it's there is definitely a buzz about life right now. Mm. Um, Ibiza normally shuts down, as you know yourself, Martin. Mm. Uh, Mid October, it's shut. Mm. Um, however, this year, I'm in no small part due to everyone's lost a lot of money over the last two years, but everyone's pushing for a longer season. And, yeah. and I do believe that, and I really hope that the push for next year does start in April, in Spanish holidays particularly, and finishes in November. Uh, I hope this season gets extended because there's mm. no reason it shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, and I hope that the you know the first for everyone for a more exciting holiday experience and a quality holiday experience carries forward, carries through. Right. I hope so too. Well, I, I really hope to come and find you in the Alps at some point this winter. Um, there is a view for getting getting the ski boots on and joining you and um, maybe sunning myself up in Ibiza. It's been a while. Uh, I was hoping to get over this year, but uh, life has meant we've not been able to. But uh, we're all getting out more. I actually am getting myself away. I've got a little golf trip in two weeks, going to Paris at the beginning of December, uh, going to see some friends. So I'm really excited about that so I can get out as well. Um, so I'll be joining you both in returning to travel. Um, Simon's gone. I don't know where he's gone. Bless him. I guess he's um, he had to go. But um, I'd just like to thank you from myself and from Damo for being great guests on previous podcasts. Thank you to you both for being on the, the first podcast we ever did. Feels such like a lifetime ago. And here we are at the last one, the end of season one. We've all improved. Um, but thank you very much, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we will hopefully speak to you both again in future episodes in season two. Um, but I hope you've enjoyed the experience um, on, on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us, Martin. It's been great. And um, yeah, we're all talking about something that we're very passionate about. So it's been it's been great. Indeed. Andy, yeah. obviously, you've had a few tonight already. Um, you drinking more a bit later? Are you going to carry on the party or is that it? Off to well, bed you go. I've literally just come back from our end of season staff party, um, which has been wonderfully delightful. And yes, uh, of course, I will crack on, Martin. <laughs> Um, with, with a nice sparkling water and perhaps a hint of lemon in it as well. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. Your nose is growing ever so long, Andy, a.k.a. Jesus. But listen, guys, thank you very much. Andy, enjoy the rest of um, Get Home Set. Or get home. You don't, you know, get back to the UK safely and good luck with the visa. And Owen, enjoy these next couple of weeks before Christmas. Um, Dame and I would like to extend a fabulous Christmas to you both and a very happy new year. I'm sure we'll be talking offline. But yes, thank you very much for joining us on this, the very last part of the Travel Our World podcast. Thank you, gentlemen. This is Martin on the podcast calling Damien. Come in, Damien. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Are you out there? I am. I am there. I'm there. Here I was, he is. I was Here so he gutted. Is. I was so gutted to miss that one. It was it sounded absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, sadly, I just had some other commitments which which allowed me not to obviously make that one. But I think it's not you know, a problem. Well, you know, I, I think ultimately, Martin, we've had a great time this year with doing the podcast. We've been completely we've been completely new and almost blind to it. We've been trying our best. Um from the start until now, I think we've developed and progressed and hopefully you guys out there have enjoyed it. In 2022, we're going to be back. You know, we're going to take a couple of months break. Um, November, December's coming up, Christmas period. Everyone's getting in the festivities. And Martin and I, we're going to look at some different options for next year. We're going to try and, you know, make it bigger, bolder, better. 
Um, if you guys want to come on, you know, please let us know. Or if you've got any comments about it or if you've got any topics that you want to raise, please, please, please just get in contact. There's three ways that you can do so. So one of the things that I'm looking after is the Twitter handle. So that's podcast underscore travel. Martin's in charge of a lot of the Instagram stuff. So Martin, what's the best way that they can get in contact there? Well, our Instagram account is Travel Our World Podcast, and the other way of getting in touch is uh, good old fashioned email. Um, That's it. Is uh, Travel Our World Podcast at gmail dot com. Definitely. So I think you know, I think we've said enough. Basically, it's been a great first season. You know, it's been it's been an emotional roller coaster. I have to say, Damo, when we started Definitely. this podcast, we were both in very different places mentally yeah. um, and uh, professionally. Um, our lives have changed significantly. Those of our friends and our, our avid listeners around the world, everyone's lives have changed. And in these last 10 episodes, we've learned a lot about travel. And I hope we've given you some really fun insights to what the travel industry is all about. And the people we've spoken to, you know, like we've just had on this podcast, people we've had on the podcast many times back in the beginning, Simon and Owen and, and Andy, et cetera, um, and other people, Glenn and James from the Family Holidays pod. And, um, you know, Simon, um, right from that, right at the beginning, the other Simon, uh, our friend who started his own travel business and hoping that's going well for him because it will be the ski season for him. And so hopefully things are, are going well. And all our, our friends from Tenerife and uh, Miguel and um, from uh, Valencia as well. Um, it's been an extremely exciting roller coaster of a ride. Doing podcasts aren't that difficult. It, it is pretty, really easy to do. Um, the, the difficult part is is getting listeners. And we, we've done that. So we've done that quite well. But we need more people. But as you say, after 10 episodes, like every podcast in the world, we need to take a break. Yeah. And I think we've, we've we've deserved this break. So we're going to go away. We're going to leave you all alone. Uh, you're probably going, yay, finally. But we'll be back. <laughs> we will be back. And we've got some great new ideas. And then they go, oh, no. Oh, oh here they yeah. are again. Here they are again. But stay in touch via social media. We'll be keeping That's in right. touch with you over the Christmas period and the New Year period. And we'll be bringing in 2022. And as you said, the freebies, bigger, better and bolder. Um, we've got some great ideas. And we will be back with the Travel Our World podcast next year. Um, in 2022 but demo from me thank you very much for making my dream come true and helping me bring this That's podcast right, to the world uh from a silly little idea i had in my head uh one evening back in 2020 um to actually making this happen thank you very much for being an amazing co-host and That's right, um, mate. anytime it's been it's, it's a pleasure you know you're thank not you just a asking. friend um you're 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 you're, you're a top man and uh, thank you to all our guests you know we've mentioned yep. them already but thank you to all of you for giving us your time and coming on board and thank you to uh you know sounds like a nick i don't want to thank everyone i thank my parents <laughs> and i want to thank my dad for being the only like no, get him off the as well stage. get him, <laughs> get off get him off I want to thank my dad and yeah. his partner, Gwen, and also Grant for being our only listeners in Australia. Thank you very much from the yeah. bottom of our hearts. Well, he might um, do spread the love. You might have reached out to two or three out there. You never know. We never know. We need to check the stats. We need to check yeah. the stats. No, but guys, in in, in, all, in honesty, thank you very much. Yeah. We will be back. Definitely. And that's all I can say. But that's Damo, well, from me. Hopefully, hopefully around this time, it's, it's, it's past Halloween now. Yeah. We can look forward to Christmas. So to all our listeners... Have a very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, prosperous for 2022, and we will see you in that same year next year. Thank you very much. And this has been the Travel Our World Podcast. Cheers, guys. Cheers.